Welcome to Risk Engineers Talk Governance. In this episode, due diligence engineers Richard Robinson and Gay Francis discuss safety culture in terms of women's PPE and Gay's role in founding APTO PPE, a women's and maternity fit for purpose safety workwear business. We hope you enjoy their chat as always. If you do, please give us a rating. Also, please subscribe on your favourite podcast platform. If you have any questions or topic ideas, please get in touch via admin at r2a.com.au. Hi, Richard, and welcome to another podcast session. Hi, Gay. We're back again. We are back again. Um, today we're going to talk about something that's probably dear to my heart and um, you've been on the journey with me and that's about women's PPE on site and the safety of, of women on site. Um, and I guess I've been an advocate for this for 15 years or so, maybe a bit more, um, and, and the journey that we've been on um, and, and the setting up of APTO PPE, which R2A have supported for such a long time and continue to support, I'm happy to say. Um, I guess it all started as a, as a Women in Engineering project many, many years ago when I was National Deputy Chair and um, there was a project of some girls coming and saying that um, there was no proper fitting PPE for women. All the, um, uh, all the PPE for women was ill-fitting and um, I can say that I have experienced that myself in my consulting career of I, over... I, I can confirm that I have witnessed this. I have actually sent photos of you to your new husband in your some ill-fitting PPE they parked you in when we were in New Zealand one time inspecting things. It wasn't really attractive and it certainly wasn't comfortable to wear and um, it wasn't safe. Um, one of my clear um, recollections is we're being in a mine in... Um, New South Wales, and um, I have quite a small foot. I'm a size seven ladies, and I needed to have gum boots to go underground to have a look. And my actual steel cap boots that were my own supply actually fitted inside the gum boots, the smallest gum boots that they had. And um, I remember walking around the mine and my foot coming out of that gum boot, um, and my gum boot being left there. And um, I said to Richard, I said, anything happened, Richard, I can't get out of here if my gumboots don't stay on. And I recall you saying to me, it's all right, I'll pick you up under my arm and run with you. <laughs> so I sort of felt good that I had to be, wouldn't be left behind. But it sort of made me think about why didn't women have um, proper fitting and fit for purpose PPE on site? So as I said, we we're in, involved in women in engineering and one of the girls came and said, you know, why don't we have any of the proper fitting um, PPE for women on site? Shoe, um, shoes was one thing, but also shirts and pants. And so we started to do a little bit of research. And the, the research that we came up with was there were a few organisations that had inverted commas, women's PPE, but all that they'd seemed to do was changed the buttons from one side to the other. They weren't any different design, they weren't a sh different shape. For, for the males of make sure you probably don't realise that women's buttons actually do up the, on the other side. So when we talked to the larger organisations or the larger manufacturers of PPE, they said, oh, yes, we have a unisex range. So that sort of thought, well, women come in all different shapes and sizes and, you know, we have different body parts that are in different places and, you know, things like that, that you know, men's shirts don't necessarily fit the female form. So we, we did this pilot study through um, Women in Engineering. We had some... Um, 
designers from Challenger University in WA who came and did some prototypes for us. Um, and that sort of went on and then we launched it at the International Conference in Adelaide. Um, and it was really, really well received. And so Women in Engineering did, then did a trial with John Holland at the time and we got some really good feedback. But as a not-for-profit organisation, where does it go after that? So um, we sort of started Apto PPE to see if we could get um, some proper-fitting female PPE that was designed... Um, and tested by women that actually fitted the women's shape but also looked a bit different to what was on the market. You know, no pockets on the breastline, no pockets on your thighs where you, you know, a bit bigger. Uh, We need things in different shapes and sizes. So um, that's sort of how Apto started. And um, I remember at the time uh, three of us had the idea to start Apto and we called Richard down the back of the office and said, Richard, we've got an idea for you. And that's where we pitched it. I'm not sure he had any chance of... Um, I was not in a position to say no, as I recall. He, you also thought it was a good idea at the time. Um, yeah, well. <laughs> and, and it sort of fitted with R2A's due diligence aspect as well in that that it was safety on site and how do we make sure that women are safe on, on site so far as reason and practical. I could actually identify vaguely with it because I'm kind of lanky and having sh- sh- shirts that are a bit too short for you, you're just not comfortable. And the same thing happens when you're buying PPE for males. I mean, that means I have to have an oversized body in order to get the right length arms and things like that. So you just notice these things. And I presume women who sometimes fret about these things from my observation more than a lot of males do, um, it would have obviously much greater concern. So, yeah, we've always pushed APTO from the safety aspect um, and and making sure that women were safe on site. And I think, as you said, you know, if you have ill-fitting PPE that's too big in some areas, it can get caught on machinery, it can get... um, you know, it just gets in the way of you being able to do your job. Um, but one of the interesting things, as I said, we sort of started Apto almost 15 years ago and there was not much on on the market Correct. at that time. Um, and the point, I do remember you were quite clear at the time, the, the, you weren't expecting to make money but what you were hoping to do was change the world. Change the world. <laughs> We've all got those aspirations, <laughs> whether we get there or not. And I think Apto has done that. There is certainly a lot more PPE options on the market now for females than there ever were. Yep. Um, and it's really interesting to see, but the take-up is still really slow. Um, oh, and you've tried to get into a couple of organisations where the PPE operation is actually operated by a male who really doesn't get the point that women would like some different stuff around. Uh, I agree. And the procurement processes that go with it, um, and because they're still a minority, um, you know, you're looking for a specific PPE for tens of women rather than hundreds of women. So that bulk... Although I've got to say the, 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 the pregnancy gear has actually done... That has actually been quite, That's quite been, well accepted. That's correct. And and one of the interesting things that a couple of organisations have done is actually put in a maternity bank in their organisation. So rather than having um, a personal issue um, mm. PPE, they've had a bank of maternity um, pants and shirts from our range that the HR um, area actually keep. And so when you're pregnant and you change sides during your pregnancy, you can go and get the size that fits you now and then in a couple of months' time you go and get the next size if you need it. So that's a really interesting mm. um, initiative, I think, from a number of Queensland organisations, mining organisations up in Gladstone that have done that. Um, so I think from Mapdo's viewpoint, 
we're sticking around to challenge the big guys that it's still not good enough. Um, and even these 15 years later, I went to a um, NARWIC International Women's Day event in March this year and they were talking about that we're still challenged on the basics in the construction industry, female facilities, toilet facilities and change rooms on site and PPE was still there and that was really mind-blowing to me because I thought, you know, people had embraced that and organisations were just getting on with it but I think it still shows that... Um, there's some women's workwear out there that is still, well, unisex work, unisex workwear out there that's sold as women's wear that not necessarily designed to fit the woman, uh, a woman's shape and size. Um, you also went to an AMPI conference, so Australian Marine Pilots Conference um, in October, Perth. I think it was, in, in Perth. Perth. And you listened to one of the, they were called the WISTA group and they're the Women's International Shipping and Trading Association and it was just a women's session on, on um, and that's it. Well, these are, these are women, female marine pilots, um, and marine pilot is a particularly blokey sort of a place, I've got to say, although the, the new president of AMP is female. Um, but the one I was particularly impressive was the, the, the female marine pilot from Papua New Guinea because that's a very um, paternal society and to be a female marine pilot in Papua New Guinea, it was truly impressive. I didn't. I wasn't so surprised by the Finns where you were going, um, and and some of the Norwegians and the Nordic countries um, having female marine pilots. But the, um, the there are some cultures where to be a female marine pilot is absolutely quite remarkable because it means you've been a ship's master on a, generally on international shipping. Uh, so it's really quite impressive. But one of the issues that they were still bringing up was ill-fitting PPE. You know, and we're in the nineteen uh, sorry, the nineteen twenties. <laughs> Gosh, that's really a faux pas, isn't it? The twenty twenties that would be. Um, and you know, we're still having these conversations when there's so much stuff that should be done. So, from R2A's viewpoint and Abdo's viewpoint, um, we're asking the question: Why shouldn't females have proper fitting, safe workwear on site? Why wouldn't they? Well, uh, from our point of view, it's been the WHS question. If, the, if your object is to achieve the highest level of protection as is reasonably practicable, the question is why not? Mm. Uh, and, uh, but but when, we actually, when you actually go to industry and talk to people, the reason is why would we? Yes. Which is, is the wrong way around and yeah. always has been. Um, so that's APTO's challenge to organisations out there is make your women safe on site. There is options out there and there's quite a few options out there. They are smaller organisations. They're not the big guys, but there's some really good um, fitting female PPE out there. So make your girls safe on site. I think it goes a bit further than that. If the women in the office aren't happy, life gets more difficult. <laughs> I recommend keeping the women in the office and on site cheerful. Life goes better. Well, that shouldn't be the primary reason, but yes, that's right, Richard. It does. All right, so thank you for joining us today and listening to my rant. I hope you found it interesting. And um, if APTO can help in any way, I'm more than happy to talk APTO further with anybody that's interested. So have a great day. Thanks, Kay.